It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with our latest episode of Off the Road. Find the complete series at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road. And that includes part one with guitarist Andy Summers of the Police, who has a new book of short stories, Fretted and Moaning, as we continue with more of his stories from his remarkable life. Another fun cameo kind of deal, and this comes in my favorite story in the whole of all of all 45 is uh, Maximum Bass, which is uh, oh, yeah. about a trip to Jamaica by a UK couple, and of course the main character plays guitar, and and uh, in this one a very young Julian Marley comes up. Or is there any real life connection to him? Or well, is- there is actually um, because. Uh- is it Julian Marley? Which one? Well, that's who you mentioned in the book, at least. Or is it Steve Marley? God, there's so many Marleys. There is a Stephen, too. Yeah, Stephen Marley. That's who it was. Um, I was in Jamaica with a French film director. He had written this film script to do in Jamaica, and we were a good friend. So I met him in Jamaica, and we were hanging out in Jamaica, you know, in Kingston, actually. And uh, we got invited to Tough Gong Studios, and Stephen Marley was there. So part of the story is based on my experience in that studio that night. This is deep Jamaican stuff. And they said, come and play, you know. So I had a Stratocaster with me. So I I went to the studio and then I sat there for about two hours looking through this incredible fog of certain kind of smoke, (laughs) let's say. And finally I got to play, you know, and, and Stephen was out in the studio. He had the longest hair I've ever seen on anybody. It was down to his feet. (laughs) <laughs> Quite amazing. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was in there with him. So there is uh, some truth to this story. And, you know, of course, I've fictionalized it to a point. But Wow, that's good. And, and other, because of the connection between England and Jamaica, any other times? I've been there two times with my kids. With your kids, you're saying? Yeah, hanging out. Okay, so more of a family thing. And those times, I'm assuming, were not in Kingston when you went with your kids. No. No, Kingston's dodgy. Yeah, yeah. right. I, was gonna say. I said to you know, we were right. I said, well, we want to go for a walk around the city. He said, no, you can't possibly walk out at night. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's dangerous. <laughs> That's Very one dangerous. of the funny parts of that story because anybody who's had any experiences in Jamaica beyond the resort they stayed at, they would completely. Yeah, you don't go out of the resort. Right. Yeah, you stay there. <laughs> they would get the story um, for yeah. for sure. And uh, there's a group of your fans that are probably more attached to your police career, but and they may not know that. You started in the 60s and 70s prior to the police, including working with the Animals in 68, Neil, yeah. Neil Sadaka later. And I was hoping you'd share a story that, according to this information, you're the first guitarist that Jimi Hendrix encountered after landing in the United Kingdom. That's pretty true, actually, because of when I was in London in those days, the band I was in, we were all very good friends with the Animals. And it was actually Chaz Chandler who was the bass player in the Animals. He called me. I think before he even brought Jimmy over, said, hey, man, you know, I've got this great guitar player. You know, he's a great blues player. I want to bring him over and see if I can do something, you know. And he did turn up with, I think they called me from Heathrow Airport, and we lived in West Kensington, so they were going past our house. And I think I wasn't actually there. They came by to get a guitar for Jimmy, and all we had was a right-handed 12-string at the time. I think I was out playing or something. So there was, but I saw him about one week later at a club called the Cromwellian, I think it was. It was either that or Blazers. And I walked in to see this guitar player with this gigantic afro and his white buckskin suit with fringes that were about 24 inches long with a white Stratocaster in his mouth. And it was just like shocking, you know. <laughs> 
that was my first encounter with Jim. But we all had the same manager. So I was around him quite a lot, you know, including being at the apartment where he lived. And, you know, I remember sitting around with him. He was a very sweet, very soft-spoken guy. But um girlfriend I had at the time and his girlfriend were best friends. Oh. So I had this sort of weird connection with him. Actually, I can tell you one little story. Sure. One weird anecdote was that we started a band called Dan Talion's Chariot. And so we were, you know, it was very psychedelic music and very free and lots of guitar solos and all that. And we played at this club that was packed called the Speakeasy the West End of London. And I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of notorious. And we went on to do our set, and it's very small, you know, and Jimmy Hendrix sat right in front of me. I mean, right in front of me with the two girls either side of him. I'm on the edge of the stage, and, you know, it's like a six-inch stage. Jimmy is right in front of me, like three or four feet away, staring <laughs> at me. <laughs> Jesus. That's a bit unnerving, you know. <laughs> And I felt like, man, is, is it, what is this, like trial by fire? You know, <laughs> you know, like Jimmy, even then, you know, was quick to recognize the world's greatest guitarist ever. You know, there's no one else. You know, so it was very intimidating. Did you ever play with him? I did. I played with him in L.A. And I was in the Animals then and living in Laurel Canyon, first time in Los Angeles. And uh, one night we got the word that Jimmy was playing, I think it was a place called TTG Studios on La Brea, which became the uh, A&M Studios eventually. Oh. Anyway, he was down there. And they said, oh, you should come down and see Jimmy. You know, he's playing tonight. You know, he's in the studio. So we went down, walked in the control room, and there was Jimmy leaning against the glass of the control room window and uh, playing the Strat at incredible volume. And it was just like a sort of shattering experience. <laughs> you know, it's kind of amazing like a force from another planet or something. And um, anyway, you know, he came in and said hi to everybody. You know, it was very sweet. I wandered out into the studio and Mitch was sitting at his drum kit. There was another guitar there and I've never quite understood this. It was a Les Paul, but it was right-handed. Oh. So I picked it up and started playing. I started jamming with Mitch. And then Jimmy came back out and he picked up a bass. So he started playing bass along with me and we played along for about 15 minutes with me on lead and Jimmy on bass, which was sort of a, you know, I couldn't believe it. And yeah. then uh, finally he said, hey, man, you know, do you mind if I play a little guitar now? And I said, yeah, sure, Jimmy. <laughs> I took out the bass and off, off we went. Oh, you went on the bass then? Yeah. And one yeah. final question, which is another interesting one. We just had... Uh, the uh, great Stax guitar legend Steve Cropper on the show who had played mm -hmm. with uh, Booker T and, and backed yeah. uh, Blues Brothers, and he was telling a lot of different John Belushi stories. And you've got your own John Belushi story. I well, was... I had quite a lot of experience with John, yeah, because we met in Bali. Now, I mean, I don't know how much we could tell on this show, but they, they have a sacred mushroom there, <laughs> and uh, which were allowed in those days. They weren't illegal at all, so you we met up with John. We were all at the same hotel. Me and Stuart, actually, after finishing a tour in Australia, he was on Saturday Night Live. We were like the number one band in the world. So we were all like, you know, celebrating our celebrity together. Aren't we great? And um, we went to this local cafe where they sold magic mushroom omelettes, you know, and we said, well, we've got to try some of those. And of course, we did and had a great couple of uh, days. We did one day and then we did it again the next morning and went out to this island, which was really a kind of a special experience. Um, we got, rented this very nice, beautiful motor launch and we sail, sailed out into the ocean from Bali 
But we arrived at this island called Nusa Penida, as I remember, um, and we, the boat stopped and we looked over it. You know, this was like a classic situation. We looked over at this shoreline, all palm trees and white sand beach. Gradually, these people emerged from the trees like a village all along the beach. They started waving to us. We started waving to them and blah, blah, blah. And then we jumped in the water. They jumped in the water. And we all swam towards another. And suddenly we were in the, with all these Balinese villages. It was incredible. And they walked us through the jungle and they took us to their village and showed us where they lived and their tools and their, how they did everything. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. That's with Belushi. What an un- unusual... Uh, yeah, I know. It's quite an incredible uh, moment. You know, I'll never forget that. That's... I couldn't do it anymore. Say again? Uh, probably hard to have that experience anymore. They've probably got all got iPhones now. Right. <laughs> Was that just a kind of a one-off? Well, we met again. You know, um, we had an incredible night. You know, I was going to be in a movie with him. Um, we got all this stuff going. We were talking to one another. He sent me a script. And then we met in L.A. Had a couple of incredible... Crazy nights. I mean, pretty crazy guy. I mean, you know, just like you might imagine, he really was. But we had a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. And then, you know, I, we split. And, uh, you know, then later, you know, of course, he, he left us very sadly. I'm very sorry about that. So he was great, great guy. Well, that's so cool that you have had these, uh, a, a wide range of experiences. And that gives people a little idea how fretted and moaning is put together with a lot of firsthand experiences that you can draw from. Sandy Summers, legendary guitar player from The Police. He's been sharing uh, stories from his life, stories from this book, and uh, just a lot of, uh, of fun having you on. I really have uh, enjoyed this. I'm grateful for your time. I hope that you had fun doing this today. Yeah, a very good talk. Thank you, mate. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Stay safe. All right, mate.